Hey there, Disky Chicks fans. Before we get started with today's podcast, I wanted to tell you about a special opportunity for you to become the DISC expert in your organization. Would you like to deliver DISC debriefs with ease, facilitate coaching sessions and teaming sessions with confidence, and elevate your stature as the go-to person for all things DISC? Join us for our live advanced DISC certification training coming up in early January 2022. This is a live small group class delivered in four two-hour sessions during the first two weeks of January. Please go to DiskyChicks.com for more information. And don't wait because the December 17th registration deadline is coming up quickly. Oh, and one more thing, since you're a Disky Chicks podcast listener, enter the promotion code DCP123 to get $150 off the registration fee as a thank you from us to you. Now on with the show. Welcome to the Disky Chicks podcast for business leaders, HR directors, coaches, and those interested in learning how to use the DISC assessment to grow self-awareness, improve communications, and develop leaders and teams. Please welcome your hosts, business coaches Martha Fourlines and Cindy Jacoby. They are loud and proud about all things DISC. Hi, I'm Cindy Jacoby, Chief Engagement Officer for Biz Health Consulting. I work with companies and teams to improve their effectiveness by improving their hiring and their communication skills. Hey, I'm Martha Fourlines, owner of my leadership development and coaching business belief system institute. I work with business leaders and entrepreneurs to help them solve what I lovingly call their pesky people problems. So together we are the Disky Chicks. If you need a little background on DISC, listen to one of our earlier episodes and you can find those on DiskyChicks.com. Welcome to the Disky Chicks podcast. I'm here solo this week. Martha has an appointment, so uh, I'm going to see if I can do an appropriate interview with a good friend and um, I don't know if I can say colleague or not favor, but I think uh, you can. Yes. Because okay. <laughs> um, I don't think we're on the same plane at all. Just put it that way. But oh, uh, I, I would love to. <laughs> I want to introduce to you Favor Larson. Favor Larson is a, a another friend of ours, of mine and Martha's from TTI. And she does a lot of the course trainings when we're doing certifications and things like that. And uh, I think has been with TTI for quite a long time. So I'll let Favor introduce herself. But I want to, Favor, welcome you to the program. You're a fellow Disky chick now. It's <laughs> official. I love that. I want to wear my Disky chick. Is it a crown or is it a pin or is it a sash? <laughs> I think we need some, now that you say that, I think we need some swag wear. You know, we'll have a gift shop. Thank you for having me, Cindy. This is a pleasure. Uh, you are right. I've been with uh, TTI Success Insights. Uh, I just had my 15 year anniversary a couple months ago. Wow. I can't believe that. Um, and Honestly, I find what we do so powerful and it has touched me personally in such a way that I, I wish everyone could have access to our tools. Well, that's kind of 
why Martha and I started the Disky Chicks. It's like, we feel like this is such a powerful tool. And, you know, it started off with disc, but we've also moved on to the driving forces slash motivators. And then at some point, I think we will add emotional intelligence. I, I feel like I'm cheating on my first love disc, but, um, but to what you said, we think that if we can promote this out in the, in the world, just communications would be better. People would be able to, I think they would like their jobs better. There'd be a better job fit. So there's just so many, so many ways that you can use disc. And I sometimes feel like I'm selling snake oil. It can do this. It can do that. It can help in hiring. It can help in marriage counseling. You know, it can help in job fit. So I want to know how you first came upon disc in, in your life. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, my first experience with assessments in general was at a previous employer. Uh, so they did, uh, we were going through mergers, of course. So, um, team building with the new team between the two different organizations. And I was really intrigued by how this tool could work. Uh, at the time I was actually in uh, the financial industry working in credit cards. Um, so very, very different industry. Yes. And also not really a good fit for my drivers at all. How I got introduced to TTI is actually an interesting story. So my husband uh, is a glassblower and wow. yeah, there is in Mesa, Arizona, there is a, an art center that was offering um, classes for glass blowing and glass sculpting. So my husband and I signed up for classes and we met this gentleman there uh, who was working for TTI and he was so passionate about how these tools can really touch people and how they help organizations run better. And I was really intrigued and I was still at the financial organization and that merger wasn't going so well. So a couple months went by and he reached out to ask if I knew any referrals that they were hiring. And I said, how about me? Yeah. And that was it. Never looked back. Um, started uh, at, a, at like, you know, the customer service type role where I was just learning everything about disc and driving forces and all the other tools that we offer. And it really connected with me answered a lot of like unknowns for me like how come I don't get along with these people or how come I don't enjoy doing this kind of work and then I, I just wanted to be able to share that with everyone else so kind of an odd way to get to where I am. <laughs> it's a good it's a great story and Martha and I have decided that we need to remember to ask our, to ask our guests what their disc profile looks like and what are their top four driving forces and that way we're trying to see if our listeners can identify those as we're going throughout the day and kind of, oh yeah she said she was this and that so I know your disc style but but share it with the group <laughs> I am a study in extreme so I am a 98d I am a hundred I I am a six s <laughs> and an eight compliance. So really high DI, really low SC. <laughs> I call that twin towers left. Yes. So Martha and I are both between 98 and 100 I. So we, <laughs> it's become a pattern. Everyone we ask, they're always a really high I. I'm like, hmm, I wonder why that could be that people are attracted <laughs> to be on a podcast or high eyes. But we both have a lot of D as well, but your S is the lowest that we've seen thus far. And what about your driving forces? What, what floats your boat? 
So my driving forces, and I think that's what really spoke to me is when we got into the driving forces, I am um, number one resourceful. And for me, it's all about efficiency um, between that high D, low S sense of urgency and my resourceful. It's actually kind of a detractor every now and then. Yeah. So resourceful. Uh, my second is actually harmonious. Um, oh, wow which is there were a couple of folks in the network when I was uh, first coming in who kind of mentored me and, and offered to debrief my assessment. And that's when I realized my experience is so important to me and is what uh, gave me the courage to ask about moving from Arizona to Oregon to be in an environment that I love. Um, so number two is harmonious. Number three is receptive. Um, okay. always looking for new things to do, very, you know, variety, new opportunities. And then my fourth one has been a little bit um, situational. Traditionally, it has been intentional, but it's been vacillating with between intentional, intellectual, and collaborative. And the collaborative <laughs> is a weird one. I've just um, yeah. recently changed positions and it was a leadership position. And weirdly enough, my collaboratives went up after that. So I thought that was very weird. <laughs> yeah, that, that is very interesting. So it's interesting to me, Harmonious is in there along with being receptive because I feel like sometimes if you're receptive and trying new things that might stress out the harmonious part of you have you experienced that at all and that high d too always moving uh be a fast yes. mover and be harmonious at the same time yes yes and to add on top of that I am married to an entrepreneur who is every five to ten years starting a new business venture so yeah my harmonious is very sensitive so I've definitely I know you're gonna you know, dip your toes into EQ as you come in, but I have definitely had to put a lot of practice into like self-awareness and self-regulation to not allow my harmonious to throw me into, you know, a, a crazy spiral. <laughs> Just go back to that receptive. Yeah. Try a new job. Try anything. Sure. I'm in. So, yeah. That, that's really interesting. Oh, and I think one thing we should probably stress, and it's hard sometimes, especially when we're doing this in a workshop, is that your disc styles have nothing to do with your driving forces. And I think that's the perfect example. Like, I don't think my clients that I work with would ever think a high D could be harmonious. It just doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And again, you know, we go back and back, people start getting confused. And I just always revert back to, you know, the driving forces is why you do what you do, what gets you out of bed. And DISC is simply how, how you do that. Do you have another example of um, that would bring your driving forces to life with your DISC style of being a high I or a high D that might not be obvious to people? Um, I think the other interesting combination is, um, as I've said, you know, collaborative has always the the my number four is vacillates between the intentional, the collaborative, and the intellectual. And a lot of folks are always surprised when they see that my commanding has historically had like a very low score. It's almost always number eleven or number twelve. But they see that that D, that really yes. forceful character, and think that. I'm wanting to step into a position of, you know, control. So it makes me think of like in college, when you have those group projects 
Um, I'm very impatient. So when you get put into a group, I have like maybe five seconds where I'm like, okay, is somebody else going to step up? Is somebody else going to start giving the directives and pull us all together? And if five seconds goes by and nobody does, I'm like, okay, fine. I will. I don't, I don't want to, but I want to move forward and I'm impatient. So let's just go. <laughs> yeah, so you're impatient about somebody else becoming in charge. It's not that. Yes. Yes. And if nobody does it, then fine, I'll do it. But <laughs> I think that's a great example. And I actually had a client who was the opposite. She was a high commanding, but low D. Oh, interesting. And I said, how does, how does that work for you? And she goes, well, for instance, I was in the grocery store in a line that was way too long. They needed to open another register. And so a high D would just stand there, a high D and high command and be like, Hey, open another register. But since she was low D, she simply walked over to the customer service and said, we need, an, you know, you need to open another register. So she took charge of the situation. She, you know, she, she led the change, but she did it in a very mild, unassuming way. I like and I, that's that. been such a great example for me that I repeat. That is a really good one. Yeah. yeah. I repeat it in probably everything I do, <laughs> everything <laughs> I teach. Favor, when you've been, you know, going through what you do at TTI, can you talk about how you went from starting off in, in customer service and what you do now and what you did along the way? So I am now um, overseeing the training and certifications department. So I've had a bit of a, a growth on my journey and you know, technology moves very, very quickly. So when I started, our trainings were on little CDs that you stuck in the computer and you watched a little animated PowerPoint. Um, and I really wanted to find ways to share this with other folks. So I've always been, you know, very, very verbal and very expressive. <laughs> so I would, you know, say, well, I don't see that we have any live trainings. Can I put together a, a, you know, a live training? Sure. Okay. No problem. So there was, there was this period where we were growing as an organization that there was a lot, and there still is a lot of room for, what about this? I don't see we have this. Could we do this? I'd like to try this. And somehow I've just kind of uh, <laughs> gravitated towards this role. Now, I also do a lot of partnering with our value-added associates. So if um, maybe you had a situation where a client wants a really large engagement, like, oh my gosh, we need to do 500 debriefs in a matter of two weeks. Right. Um, I've been, um, I partner with you to say, okay, well, I'll act as supplemental staff for you and I'll partner and help with debriefs. So I've also had the opportunity to really use the tools out in a wide array of situations, industries, hiring, um, leadership development, team building, conflict resolution. So I, I've kind of been able to put my toe in a lot of different um, arenas, but really my passion is in creating ways to educate folks around the tool. And that's what I'm really excited for going forward, whether it be adding new, maybe application-based modules in the learn uh, online learning system or developing new in-person workshops that we can do train the trainers with our coaches and consultants or, you know, whatever it might be, certification training. Mm -hmm. uh, so my journey has been very much so in how the assessments are used and then how do we educate folks so that they can use the tools.
do you have a past experience in training or education? Did you teach in your past or? Uh, yes. So my formal education was in marketing. Um, but in my previous life, actually, I'm, I'm getting very close to back what my previous career was. So at the financial indus- institution, it was a credit card industry. And I worked in what we called the operations readiness group. So anytime we specifically worked with the branded cards, you know, your Disney cards, your United cards, your, um, when I left, we were starting the Facebook credit card. That's how long ago it was. Um, But my department was responsible for one, making sure any of the programs or products would actually work from a consumer's perspective. So I was a consumer advocate from that perspective. And then we were also responsible for training and educating all of the customer facing uh, departments. So phone customer service, internet um, customer service was just starting back in that time, written correspondence. So we did have a responsibility for creating all of the educational memos, supporting at that time, it was more of an internal wiki resource, and then doing uh, road shows for kind of bigger training events. So very different industry, but sort of a similar type of focus. Well, that makes more sense. When you say financial industry, I was like, "Mm, no, I don't don't really see you back there crunching numbers, you know, in a dark No, no, definitely not a number cruncher. (laughs) Makes more sense. So as we're coming out of COVID, what have you seen as a, you, you just mentioned that you've been working with all these different people. I know our trainings used to be in person in Arizona, which I love. And then we were kind of thrown into to Zoom calls. But now I think, you know, we're all kind of learning that Zoom calls aren't so bad. You can, you can get a lot done. So what have you found, I guess, two questions for TTI. How has TTI managed through COVID and being away from the office and now starting to go back to the office? And then part B is what have you noticed out in the world with all of your trainings? Uh, So TTI actually navigated the change to fully remote very easily. Um, I happen to have been one of the earliest remote employees. So I went uh, remote when I moved from the corporate office in Scottsdale, Arizona to Oregon nine years ago. Oh, wow. That was, uh, so yeah. yeah, well before. Well, um, and, and then after I went remote, so I was like the second or third, our chief technology officer was remote, but you know, he was on the development side and they have a very particular behavioral style that even when they were in the office, you never really saw them. So, um, but after me, there were probably four or five other remote team members. So we were already ahead of the game in that, Throughout the building, we had technology with cameras and TVs. So, you know, if there was an informal huddle in um, the customer service area, you could just join by the camera there and all the, all the, you know, conference rooms had cameras and microphones. So that was an easy transition. And I think that's what made for us really easy going remote because we were already doing it for a large number of people anyways. Yes. We've had to be very intentional about uh, how do you build a a culture where you don't lose the water cooler talk. And that I think really does come from our senior leadership. So Dave and all our senior leadership was constantly encouraging schedule coffee talks. I would love to do a coffee talk. You should do a coffee talk. We would do 
um, happy hours, like Friday, the last hour, we would kind of, you know, it was quiet. We would do little happy hours. We developed a wellness committee that would focus on, um, you know, mental health issues, making sure employees knew where their support resources were. We, we were pretty successful in that, but like all organizations, as it wore on, you could see you know, the relationships were kind of struggling. The departments weren't as um, connected together. So you have to really reinvigorate, just remind everyone, you know, let's, let's, we use a, a chat program. I think it's called Mattermost, where there's a lot of different channels where you can chat and talk to people um, via, That's you know, cool. text. But what I see out in the world is, is pretty similar to what we are experiencing that organizations now are, well, now is a whole different beast because you've got, you know, depending on what you call it, the great resignation happening. So there's a lot of change in organizations, which could be as a result of if you went remote and the organization wasn't as purposeful in encouraging people to have those personal connections that, you know, happen organically in the office. You walk by someone and you say, oh, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Right. Um, so I think there was some eroding of the relationships in the organizations that by default then affects the performance of the company itself. And I think maybe when people have been moved to home to work, it was probably hard at first, especially for high eyes who didn't have anybody to talk to. And now a lot of companies are asking people to come back in and there's some excitement and there's some pushback in that. So do you have any I don't know, do you have any advice for re-entering the workplace or reboarding, as we like to call it? I'm seeing a lot of organizations reinvesting in team building um, exercises, even something is, as reminding, well, thinking about, we say generally your natural behavioral style tends to be pretty consistent unless there's some sort of significant life event. But the mm -hmm. fact of the matter is everyone on the planet has just gone through a significant life yeah. event. So there are likely people have some experience in personal changes. So, you know, even if you've done a disc assessment three years ago, probably worthwhile to revisit it. Something may have changed for yourself personally. Something may have changed for your teammate or your direct report. So if you're, if you're going off of an old assumption, you may be interacting poorly with the person now and you don't even know it. So I do think that there is a lot of just, hey, let's do a refresher, you know, and share our do's and don'ts, or let's talk about the ideal environment we want to work in. Setting those. Well, it's interesting that you say that because we had, Tom Bogart on two weeks ago and he mentioned that same thing about that you know I always say the disc doesn't really change neither does your motivators but he did point out just like you did that there has been a significant change that happened to a lot of people and some people it hit harder than other people but he also added the idea of doing a comparison report with yourself now or with an individual and that same person, they're an old graph of theirs. Yeah. And that's going to help you also. Do you think people that that would be their new self or do you think they would kind of revert slowly back to their old self if there was a change? That's a hard question. <laughs> I, I think it really does depend on what happens for that person. You know, if it, was a result of I'm a high eye and I had to work remotely for two years and now I get to go back to the office. Um, and during that period there, I went down. Maybe we might see it come back up. 
Um, but, you know, we're seeing a lot of people who are doing some really deep thinking and saying, like, I don't want to go back to the industry I was in. I don't want to go back to the type of job I was in before. So they may, you know, take that right turn and keep going in that direction and never go back. So I yeah. think it kind of depends on the individual and what their personal journey is. Some will, maybe some won't. It would be interesting to see someone's, their two scores, but also how they've adapted in the past too. Um, so. Yeah, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I always, I do think it's interesting to look backwards and to think about like, how did I get here? What made me the person that I am today? You know, Dr. Ron Bonstetter shares a story about how um, when he was born, he was born with a broken arm. And his mom just thought he was just a screamy, whiny, fussy baby until they figured out he had a broken arm. And he was like, I was born a high D the moment I literally became my own person, right? Like that, because I was trying to express that I'm in pain and you need to pay attention to me and I need to be direct and forceful. So he's like, I was a high D from the moment I was born. So you look back and you're like, gee, well, I wonder if the fact that I moved around a ton as a little girl is why I'm such a high I, because... I had to meet people all the time. And, you know, that maybe was easier for me if I just was this verbose person. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Tell me about your, that you're moving around is, is it a result of what your parents were doing. Obviously you weren't moving around by yourself. That was a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not by myself. Um, it, so it's, it's, I guess it's in my family's blood. My grandpa was a, um, and I'm much closer to my maternal family. Uh, my grandpa was a customs agent. So my mom actually grew up in like Hong Kong and Cuba and Mexico and, you know, Brazil and like really fascinating um, growing up period for her. And then when she was an adult, um, she was in the airline industry. So that's why we ended up moving around so much. I don't move around nearly as much now, but I'm, I do think that that's probably why I'm a DI because I, yeah, I had to get out there and introduce myself a bajillion times, like three different second grades alone. So (laughs) is TTI doing any research on the, how you become that D that I, that you're kind of referring to with the broken arm and moving around is, or is there, is there some basic agreement that when that gets set, you know, by five or six, or is it seven or eight based on whether it's nature or nurture? Well, I think that is interesting. That's not our current um, area of focus uh, for, for say. Uh, our belief is that it is both nature and nurture, that there is probably some biological component. I think about my half-brother and I, are, and I think my mother have very similar drivers, but our mom died when he was very young, so he didn't experience what I experienced. I'm 10 years older than he is, so I'm not sure how much I influenced him, but we all have that harmonious driver. So I'm like, maybe there's some genetics in there. Yeah. Um, but there is a ton of experience. You know, if I grew up in the same town uh, my entire life, went to, you know, the same school system my entire life, maybe I would be a little bit more mild in my disc graph than yeah. I am today. We are not doing a ton of research in that area that I know of now, but our general um, position is it's a little both nature and nurture. I feel like there's so many things that you could be studying. You could be trying to figure out. I would love to know if political parties are different based on like, especially their <laughs> motivators. You know, I think that would be so interesting to see 
what these correlations might be. Yeah. All fascinating. I was a psychology major growing, growing up when I was in college. And then I taught high school psychology. And Mm. another thing that we studied was birth order. And that was the kids love studying that, you know, and I don't know if it's, I don't think that's a true science yet. There, there rings some truth of that firstborn following law and order where the the baby is like, look at me, look at me. And so a lot more high eyes. So I would want to study on that as well, favor. So please, for me, put all those on uh, Dr. Bonstetter's list of things to correlate (laughs) for me. Well, then I have a request of everyone else is, um, we do have the option for demographics. They are always elective. You never have to actually enter them, but you also can request like custom demographics, you know, because sometimes we get questions about is the East coast different than the West coast or, you know, does are certain um, careers uh, more attractive to different styles? So those demographic questions, while we have some of the um, more traditional ones, you can even customize it. So with the demographics, if you elect to answer it, that allows us to be able to start sorting through the data. Because originally all we were asking was your name and your email address, which, you know, what, what do we call you in the report, your pronoun choice in the report and where do you want it sent? And that was all we were collecting. And so it's hard for us to guess. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a, that was a real opportunity to add demographics. Just, I know it's, it helps with validity and things like that and non-discrimination. And can you talk a bit about non-discrimination when it comes to the TTI assessments? Are all of them that way? Are certain ones used for certain things? Uh, good, good question. So we um, currently, the, the best way to think about um, uh, diversity is, so the EEO and the Office of Federal Contract Compliance, right? they have certain protected groups. And we definitely want to make sure that we are paying attention. So we look at things like age, race, gender, disability, veteran status. But on top of that, there is a much bigger discussion around um, even personal experiences. You know, if you grow up in a certain type of ethnicity or a certain type of orientation, does that change things? Uh, And I've had some conversations with Dr. Ron because we've had some um, definite uh, folks from more of the academic side of things wanting to know, well, how does DEI play into our assessments? And we can say with certainty, our assessments don't discriminate against any of the protected classes. Mm -hmm. And we also want to see how all of the different um, experiences that people have might impact it, but we are not at a point where we can hundred percent answer. Well, you know, if you are African-American and you experienced one type of background versus another, how might that impact your results? We're not there yet, but we know it's important. And we also need to know that the assessments are fair um, and accurate, no matter your background or, or, you know, your makeup. Um, That's really important to us and something we continue to want to explore. And I feel like TTI, a lot of people have a DISC assessment, but I feel like TTI backs what they what they say because there's a there's a brain lab, there's constant research. I mean, this is not just something that somebody created off the shelf and it's never changed. I and mean, they're constantly updating it and changing it and using more modern words or words that you can associate more without 
changing the val the validity or the reliability of these assessments. And there's so much effort going into those types of measures. Yeah, we um, we brought in some really heavy hitters. Dr. Eric has so much experience with um, statistics and mathematics and looking at um, subsets of the population. So he brings this expertise. We have so really put in a lot of effort because it's important for people to be able to trust our tools. Yeah. Um, and we really do want to make sure that um, our assessments are accurate, that they measure what they say they measure, that our questionnaires are um, as accurate as they can be. Mm -hmm. So we, we do try uh, pretty hard, yes, <laughs> from the accuracy perspective, from the research perspective. It sounds like if you have a, a job at TTI, you could be doing so many different things. You could be a solutions consultant like Tom. You could be a certifications expert like you. If you love statistics and labs and brain theory, you know, we've got a place for you over there as well. It's really interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've got graphic artists. We've got video editors. Uh, yeah. We've got marketers. We, I mean, we, you're right. <laughs> the videos and the marketing are top notch It's and, and blogs and all. So tell if, if you're not a VAA, which is a, it's another name for a distributor, how can the general public enjoy some of the things that TTI produces? Um. This, like blogs. Yeah. So our, 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 our model is we do work with our associates like yourself. Um, so, um, you know, we do get people asking us questions, you know, from our website, we have online chat and we have email. So we get a lot of, of the general public contacting us. Um, and we work really hard to make sure we connect them to the right associate, you know, someone who's in their industry who might um, specialize in that type of work. Um, but we definitely have been put a lot of work into our blogs. So there's some really cool blogs out there. Um, during the pandemic, we talked a lot about um, the different behavioral styles and brain burnout, right? We're still seeing the effects of brain burnout. Um, Dustin, actually, who works in our uh, brain lab, is really an expert on brain burnout, um, nonverbals, those all these sorts of things. That's so he cool. partnered with us to talk about, you know, a high I will get to burnout a different way than a high S gets to burnout. And the way you recover looks very different. So we've got blogs that talk about that. There's, there's the fun, um, there was the Halloween, how your, um, what, costume you select may represent your particular driving forces so some of them are very serious and kind of heavy but some of yeah. them are also kind of fun we just try to get the, the message out there in a variety of ways uh, so changing gears a little bit and I know I don't you haven't really been a, a coach with clients but I always like to ask like what's the greatest impact that disc has had for one of your clients or customers like me, a VAA, like, and it doesn't have to be just could be driving forces, but is there something in particular that comes to mind that makes you smile that you were able to help somebody get this aha moment? Uh, there's a lot. Um, sure. One that does come to mind, um, and it does more driving for, I mean, I have lots, but the, one of the ones that I think, you know, it's funny, Cindy, because sometimes I think like, 
my job oversimplified is just helping people have better jobs, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so I was um, helping um, a consultant working with like a, a medical company. And in particular, we were working with the collections department. And I was there actually on site doing um, a communication workshop around DISC. Um, so it wasn't even driving forces, but as we were walking by, one of the managers was sharing a story about this um, woman who was a um, collections agent. Uh, and I happened to be there and we were walking through the floor where they work. And if you've ever been in a call center, it was one of those, you know, call center floors where there's like 80 to 100 cubicles, very low walls. It was very noisy. And this one particular woman was sitting right in the middle of that entire cubicle farm. And I noticed that Harmonious was her number one driving force. And I also saw that there was an empty desk, like it looked vacant, not no one was ever sitting there right by the window. And so not even thinking about it, I was like, well, did you ever think about just moving her over by the window? And her manager was like, oh my gosh, like, what if she's too distracted? She's already just an average performer. I don't want it to get worse. And I was like, well, just tell her it was on a temporary basis to see how it works. And if it might, you know, impact her performance, good or bad. Okay, sure. So they did. And then like three months later, I was on the phone with her and I was like, oh yeah, hey, whatever happened with that? She's like, you're not going to believe it. But (laughs) she's actually started collecting like 20% more revenue than she was when she was in her old desk. He's like, did you ask her? And she said, well, I was just, I was happier being able to look out and watch the clouds and see the squirrels in the trees. And so it probably came across that she was smiling on the phone to collect more money. Yeah. I mean, that's really kind of a simple thing, but financially was a pretty big bonus for the company for what cost them nothing. She right. just moved desks. <laughs> right. I bet that was not the best place for her to be in the middle of that, all that chaos, you know, mm-hmm. now I'm, and obviously on the other end of that per- continuum is objective where they thrive in chaos and it's pretty cool, but it's exhausting. I would imagine for that. Well, favor. I'm so excited that you uh, gave us some of your time. I know you guys are really busy, but it's been a pleasure talking with you and I hope that you have a great holiday and I will see you in January um, at the, at the conference. So I am so excited. This has just been a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. And yes, I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season, whatever you celebrate. Um, I hope you are able to enjoy it and be with loved ones. She's so harmonious. All right. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week's Disky Chicks. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thanks to all of you continuous learners for listening in with Cindy and me today. We are passionate about the power of the DISC behavior assessment, and we love bringing it to you and your clients. We invite you to visit our website at diskychicks.com. There you will find a link to all of our podcasts, and you can listen to previous episodes and subscribe. Also on our website, you can try a DISC assessment for yourself. Just click the link, take the short assessment, and we'll quickly send you the results. Also, check us out as well on Facebook and Instagram. We can't wait to hear from you. See you next week on the Disky Chicks Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Disky Chicks Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. 
To learn more or start a conversation with Cindy and Martha, visit the Disky Chicks Podcast Facebook page.